Welcome to the latest edition of the Shukri Rights Podcast with your host, Shukri Rights. This is a solo episode. I figured that because today I was not able to go into studio to do my radio show on 91.5 FM WMFO, that this would be a perfect opportunity for me to do a podcast. And I figure, why not? Why the hell not? Because, number one, I'm in such a great mood today. I'm in a great mood for a variety of different reasons. And one of them being, we are officially entering the best damn time of the year if you're a sports fan. There's no debating that. We got NFL and college football in full swing. We got the Major League Baseball postseason that already started. But today, at the time of the recording, on October the 11th, We got the American League and the National League Division Series starting up. And then on top of that, NHL season begins tonight here in North America. What more can you possibly ask for? And I know Bruin fans and and Boston and New England is excited for Bruins hockey. The season is starting up tomorrow. And then next week, a week from today, we're talking about the Boston Celtics starting their season, you know, like all of the waiting is coming to an end and it's winning season. That's what it's about. It's winning season and I absolutely love it. It's time to win. It's time for the local teams to win. And it's time for you, the individual, to collect some W's because it is that time. It is that time in which that you deserve to win. That's what it's about. So this podcast episode is simply going to be all about winning. You know, you know that song. All I do is win, win. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you know what I'm talking about. I'm not the most hip guy in the world. I openly admit that. But I will tell you that I am someone in which that every now and then I'll drop a little hip hop reference in there just to, you know, keep up with the time, so to speak. I don't mean to sound like an old head. I'm only 31 years old. My birthday was just six days ago. (laughs) But you get what I'm saying. So first and foremost, I'm going to start off by talking about the New England Patriots. Benny Zappi had another solid game on Sunday against the Detroit Lions, which ended the game the highest scoring offense in the NFL. They may have been one and three, but they were not a horrid one and three. And I'm going to address something that I know a lot of people caught on to on Sunday. That's something that I said post game. And I'm going to talk about it at full length because that's the beautiful thing about podcasts. You can talk about things like this at nauseam, really get into the nitty gritty. So for those of you that don't follow me on Twitter and just happen to follow the podcast, you can, in fact, follow me on Twitter at Shukri Rights. That's at S-H-U-K-R-I 
W-R-I-G-H-T-S. That's where you can follow me. So I recorded a video post-game talking about Bailey Zappi. And in that video, I mentioned my thoughts and my opinion that I think Bailey Zappi, should he continue to play well, especially this Sunday's game against the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland, if he plays well again, I think that Bailey Zappi should be the starting quarterback of the New England Patriots. And it got quite a few responses. I didn't see it all, but I'm pretty sure it elicited a lot of responses on Twitter. But I'm not surprised. There were some of those that were happy to correct me and saying, until Matt Jones gets healthy, respectfully, or other tweets along those lines. But here's the thing. I don't care until he gets healthy. I want someone that's going to give this team the best chance to win. That's what the NFL is all about, right? Exactly. You see, a lot of NFL fans and a lot of fans in general tend to forget that. And I'm specifically about to make this point directed at Patriot fans who think along the lines that the job should still be Mac Jones up until this point, even though he has had not, he hasn't had a good 2022 season so far. He hasn't. Prior to the injury, prior to the high ankle injury. You don't get attached to a quarterback. You don't get attached or married to an idea because. It seems like this is something that it has to work. I want it to work out so bad that even though it may not be the most viable option at that moment in time, but I will absolutely do whatever it takes to ensure that he remains a starting quarterback, even though it may come at a cost of the team having success this season. And that, my friends, is idiotic thinking. It's an idiotic way to look at things, especially in pro sports. Pro sports has always been about what can you do for me? What have you done for me lately? It's always been about can this guy give my team the best opportunity to win? That's what it's about. Let me pose to you this very simple question. This, we, we don't even need to get into, into deep thoughts or, or analytical thinking. Simple, straightforward question to you, the listener. If you told me Bailey Zappi or Mac Jones was going to give you the best chance to win based upon what you've seen with your eyeballs and nothing more, not emotional responses, not emotional um, thinking or anything like that, who would you pick? Who, who would you tell me would be that guy? Would it be Bailey Zappi or Mac Jones? For me, it's 
Bailey Zappi. And I'm not saying that you give up on Mac Jones. Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to address that part right here, right now. A lot of people may have thought when I said what I said on Sunday that, wow, you're just going to give up on Mac Jones already? Like, no, 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 that's not what this is about. It's not. Let's be frank for just a moment. Do you not understand that so far, going back to the offseason, going back to OTAs and even during training camp and even in the preseason and even at the start of this season, Mac Jones has struggled. He has. And let's be frank for just a moment. That game against Pittsburgh, the, although Mac Jones had that one big that one big throw in the game, that touchdown pass, the Patriots didn't win that game because of Mac Jones. It was because the defense made big plays at opportune times in that game. That's a fact. The last time I checked, and the last time I can remember, the NFL has always been about, can my quarterback give my team the best chance to win? Right? So, Mac Jones, 15th overall pick in last year's draft, 2021. I know the emotional attachment. What about last season? What did he do last season? I get that. I'm not living in the past. I'm not living based upon what he did for me last year. What has he done for me lately? And that is something that I have to address openly and bluntly. And that's those of you who are defending Mac Jones and those of you that are saying, well, Mac Jones still should be the starting quarterback when he comes back healthy. But if he's still giving you the same results that he gave you prior to his injury, prior to the home opener against the Baltimore Ravens, what good does that do? Are you trying to tell me that you're that you're willing to cut your nose to spite your face? But that's exactly what it sounds like. See, working in sports media has taught me so much about knowing how to take my own emotional reaction and responses to things the way that a fan would respond and in the process learn how to look at things from an objective standpoint and have that ability to be able to just look at the bigger picture, look at what has happened thus far, and make adjustments accordingly. Don't be married to an idea so much so that it destroys any potential long-term success. The longer you stay married to an idea that Mac Jones has to be the starting quarterback when he gets healthy, knowing full well the struggle so far in 2022, the worst you could potentially be off. And I know what I just said is not going to sit well with a lot of people, and that's okay. I'm very okay with that. But what I will also tell you is this as well. 
Bailey Zappi has shown me that he can take care of the football. Isn't that what football is all about in the NFL? Even college level or any level, take care of the football. Don't turn the ball over. And even if you go back and you watch those two interceptions that Bailey Zapp has thrown, I'm not putting those two interceptions entirely on Bailey Zappi, especially the one that he threw in Sunday's game against the Lions. That was not Bailey Zappi's fault. You can blame Nelson Aguilar for that. But by and large part, he has been efficient on offense. He has not turned the ball over. My only concern and my only complaint is the offense has to do a better job punching the ball into the end zone. That's my only concern. But I'm asking for all that is good, in all seriousness, unmarry yourselves to the notion that Mac Jones has to be the guy to start for this team that moves moving forward when he gets back, especially if Bailey Zabbitt continues to play well. That's the point that I'm making. And in sports, one of the most dangerous things you can do is marry yourself to an idea or an ideology so much so that it becomes a detriment to the success of your team. And that's exactly what I, Shukri writes, media personality, podcast host, Radio personality, broadcaster. That's exactly what I'm trying to avoid. If you can avoid that, trust me, <laughs> it'll save you a lot of a lot of trouble. It'll save you a lot of headaches. And then the last point I want to make during this opening segment of this podcast. The last point I want to make is. The game against Cleveland, I think, is going to be a really interesting test for this team because the defense, they have come to its own. They have come of age. They have, they have come of age. They have, they have done such a, a solid job so far this season that the defense I'm not even concerned about. But what I am intrigued by is – how does Bailey Zappi handle the pass rush of the Cleveland Browns? How does the offensive line hold up? The offensive line, by and large part, did a pretty good job on Sunday against the Lions. Can they continue that against Cleveland? We'll find out on Sunday. But as of for now, you can say that I have caught the fever and I am all aboard the Bailey Zappi train. You know, earlier during the opening segment of um, of this podcast episode, I was talking about how fired up I am for the fact that today, as of the time of the recording of the podcast, that it is the first day of the American League and National League Division Series in the Major League Baseball postseason. And I'm fired up, even as a Yankee fan. Like, I am excited just a little bit nervous, a little bit nervous ahead of the matchup against the Cleveland Guardians, but I am genuinely excited. 
But I just want to talk about one particular topic from the from the wild card series that just transpired over the weekend. And I specifically want to touch on the New York Mets because I have a lot of thoughts. And I mean a lot of thoughts on what happened in regards to the New York Mets and the overall view on that team in which it seemed like not long ago that they were going to be a lot to win the National League East. And that's that's going to be the starting point of this entire segment because I can't remember the last time that a major league team suffered a collapse the way that the Mets did to close out the season. You still made the playoffs, but they had no business, honestly, playing in the National League wildcard series against the Padres. They weren't even supposed to be playing in that series. That should have been the Braves. But here's what's hilarious about baseball. Baseball does not give a damn. Baseball could give two rat's asses about how many days you spend in first place or how much money you may spend on your roster. It could give two poops about who you have on your roster and your rotation or anything like that. But if you don't go out and handle your business, you're going to get your ass handed to. That's a fact. And the Mets learned a very hard lesson. Nothing, and I mean absolutely nothing, is guaranteed in baseball. You can win 101 games, and then guess what happens? You can still lose in the first round. Which is why, for those of you that follow me on Twitter, at Shukri Writes, which is why I said when the Dodgers won the most games by a single team in the National League since the 1909 Pirates, I said that this could be the same team that loses in the divisional round. But this team was a really good team. Well, I know. I followed along all season long as much as I possibly could. I'm very much well aware of the fact that despite the Dodgers losing Walker Bueller, they still have a pretty formidable pitching staff headlined by Tony Gosselin, Julio Urias, and the future Hall of Famer Clayton Kershaw. And that lineup, oh gosh, that lineup hits. That lineup absolutely bangs. I'm very aware of that. I'm very aware of the Dodgers' talent. But sometimes in baseball, we've seen this time and time again historically in the postseason that the most talented team is not the team that always wins the World Series. I mean, go look at the 2006 St. Louis Cardinals. That was a team that won 83 games, and they set the major league record for the fewest wins by a World Series winning team. The only fan base that looks at that 06 Cardinal team with such grand, splendid grandeur 
are Cardinal fans. And that's because that their team won the World Series. But realistically and honestly speaking, that wasn't a memorable team. But to the point that I'm making is that the Mets, they had the division wrapped up. Seemingly, or they thought they did. They couldn't beat the Nationals. They couldn't beat the the Cubs. And when I say beat, I mean win the series against those teams that were so far gone, eliminated from postseason contention that they knew they had nothing, and I mean nothing, to lose. So they were like, oh, we don't have any bleeps to give. So guess what? You do. So let's try to ruin your party. And did they have a hand at it ever? <laughs> you bet your ass they did. You want to know something? This is why I have been so ruthless in my roasting of the New York Mets on social media, most notably my my personal Facebook page, is because let's rewind the clock a little bit. Go back to June, July. I remember Mets fans, not all, I'm talking about specifically the crap-talking Mets fans who were celebrating as if they had just won the World Series, beating the Yankees at City Field at both games there. Keith McPherson, a good friend of mine, who has been a guest on this podcast of WFAN and now MLB Network, proud of that man, said it well on his show. Congratulations, that was your World Series. And Mets fans took it personal. Forever the insecure little brats of New York. And as a native New Yorker, I know what the hell I'm talking about. Because to give you, the listener, a better understanding of the dynamic of how things are in New York in terms of New York baseball between the Yankees and the Mets, the Yankees have always been the big brother. Yes, there were times where the Mets were the talk of New York in the 1980s. And Mets fans will tell you that that 1986 New York baseball championship, the New York Mets winning the World Series that year, that championship should have been sort of a dynasty with the way that that team was constructed. But that was all she wrote. But outside of that, it's always been the Yankees and the success of them winning the World Series when they had their dynasty. And even in 2009, when the Yankees won the World Series for the first time since 2000, that was always going to be a Yankee city. And Mets fans have been insecure about that for the longest of time. And that's a fact. And what's interesting to me about it is is that now... The Mets have a good team. They have an owner that's willing to spend. Kudos to them. And they get ahead of themselves. You see, in life, we are often told, be humble. Stay humble. Always remember what you're given can be taken away at any given point in time. That is a fact. Not my personal opinion. Because the truth is, 
personal feelings and opinions truly do not stand up in the face of facts. Met fans got ahead of themselves. And I stayed quiet about it for months, knowing that Yankee fans in New York were absolutely eating up all of the verbal garbage and vitriol in some points delivered by Met fans, how we're the kings in New York, we run New York. I stayed quiet about it for months. I stayed quiet about it for months. And when the when they went down to Atlanta and they couldn't win a single game to win the division over their arc rival, the Atlanta Braves, I started the process of dancing and celebrating. And I told myself, you know what? I'm going to be petty. I'm just going to wait. Because whoever they play in the postseason, I promise you, they're not going to go very far. They didn't go very far. And when the pressure got to them on Sunday night, in which Buck Showalter goes out and checks on Joe Musgrove, who was carving up that Mets lineup as if it was a chopped cheese sandwich from a bodega in New York. And if you're a native New Yorker, Listening to this podcast, you know exactly what the hell I'm talking about. You know what time it is. Yeah, you know what's up. But you decided, Buck Walter, I'm going to go out and ask the umpires to check on Joe Musgrove. And what does he do? Sniffs his fingers and slides it across his face after striking out the very next Mets hitter to face him after he was thoroughly inspected by the umpires. That was such a freaking embarrassing moment by the manager and as well as Met fans who were still holding on to the dear hope and a dear belief that he cheated. He cheated. No, you're, you absolutely choked. You choked. You couldn't handle the pressure. You couldn't stomach the very fact that your season was crumbling right in front of your own very eyes. But don't be mad at Joe Musgrove. Don't blame him. What are you blaming him for? Again, loser mentality. You have loser mentality. You have the mindset of the little brother. The inferiority complex is so goddamn loud. It is so goddamn apparent that it's not even funny. It's rather embarrassing for any sports fan, for any fan base of any team that you make up your insecurities by blaming others for your own failures. Pathetic. But growing up in New York, I already knew this. Saw this up close and personal for years. So none of this was surprising to me. Why would I be surprised by any of that? <laughs> there was no reason to. So the truth is, if I'm going to be frank with you, the New York Mets got exactly what they deserved. You didn't take care of business. You got cocky when you should have stayed humble, knowing full well you hadn't won a damn thing yet. I'm sure all of us have heard about the Greek story of Icarus. Yeah. The New York Mets were the Icarus 
of baseball in 2022. They they were flying high and they flew too close to the sun. And in the end, the heat burned off their wings and it came crashing right back down to the earth. That was the New York Mets in 2022. No one's going to remember the 101 games that they won in the regular season. No one is going to remember the fact that Jeff McNeil won the batting title. Woohoo, congratulations. You still prove to be one of the great chokes in New York sports history. And dare I say, in the history of baseball. Because the division was right there for the taking and you could not take care of your own business. Even though the Atlanta Braves beginning June 1st were playing out of their minds and you couldn't do anything in your power to hold them off, that is your fault. No one else's. Own up to it and you'll be fine. You know, in 2022, I have never felt more strongly in my belief that we are living in a time where stupidity and moronism, yes, I made up that word, moronism, has ever ran so much higher than what it is now. Like, I really do think that we're living in a time in which that people are finding more and more reasons to be outraged or pissed off. And for what reason? I don't know. I truly don't know. And last night was a pretty good example of that. I was watching Monday Night Football um, between the Chiefs and the Raiders. It was a pretty good um, it was a pretty good game, pretty good uh, matchup. And and something just struck a core. When I'm serious when I say it, it really struck a core in, in which that for the life of me, I could not understand why I had saw Troy Aikman of ESPN. His name was you know, up and down my timeline. I couldn't understand it. Now, to add furthermore backdrop to this, Monday night for me was a very special night. It was a memorable night. Um, it was in which that I went out with my closest friends to, you know, celebrate my birthday. You know, they they came. They came out and, you know, like went out for my birthday dinner. It was great. And oh, by the way, we do have news that just broke in at the time of this podcast. Damian Harris is going to miss multiple games because of a hamstring injury. This was um, according to Yahoo Sports. Just wanted to drop that in there real quick. And as I was saying, I saw... After, you know, I saw the tweets not having been on Twitter for a good couple of hours. 
And I saw the response, you know, not the response, but what Trey Aikman had said. And I saw the responses to what he had said. But let me start with what he said, basically. And <laughs> I want to read you the quote. I am so, so excited. And I am, give me one second. Here it is. It is truly unbelievable. So this is what Troy Aikman said. My hope is the competition community looks at this in the next set of meetings and we take the dresses off. This was in relations to the rough and the passer penalty that Chris Jones of the Kansas City Chiefs received after sacking Derek Carr, which really should not have been a penalty to begin with. I mean, it's not football. It's ridiculous. Now, as far as... um. As far as the comment is concerned, do I personally find it offensive? No. Is there a reason to find it offensive? Again, no. And the reason why I'm not offended is because the last time I checked, dresses are no longer a thing that women wear. It's something that even men wear nowadays. Last time I checked, this is not even an issue. Last time I checked, far too many people are getting offended over things that are so freaking trivial, it's not even funny. And I'm really beginning to truly detest it with a passion. And I'm serious. I hate the fact that Unfortunately, people are finding more and more things to become outraged about instead of becoming more and more increasingly aware of matters that truly should have people upset. Instead, you have morons such as Rachel Shalom Lobdell who basically thought and expected people to line up with her locked in arm expecting people to be as upset and outraged as she was like you have some goddamn nerve like it's funny as hell how <laughs> it's funny as hell how her tweet which has now gone quote unquote private in which that if you follow her, only you can follow her. I basically tweeted that infamous rock video where he basically tells Triple H, shut up, hmm. but you fill in the blank. Whereas you're, that you find that to be offensive? Well, let me, let me put it to you this way, ma'am. What I find offensive is, is people like yourself choosing that as some sort of reason to stand on the soap opera and you standing on some sort of high moral compass when you know goddamn well that is not even a reason to be upset. Take all of the freaking seats in the back of the goddamn bus. You could really do me that favor. And people like her who want to get upset over things like that you got to be kidding me. Find something else better to be upset about. 
Like, seriously, we live in such an era in which that we have to be politically correct at all times has gone way too fucking far. And this is the first time that I've cursed on this podcast, on this particular episode. It's not the first time I've cursed on this podcast, but it's the first time I've cursed on this particular episode that I'm aggravated. I spoke with my best friend about this last night in which I'm beginning to really see things for what they really are in this, in this extreme climate of if you don't think like I think or if you feel, if you don't agree with how I feel, you're the enemy. And it's only gotten worse or should I say enhanced because of social media. That's a fact. Social media has added fuel to the fire. But that whole thing last night on Twitter, I'm sure other social media outlets may have experienced something very similar. It's pretty freaking grotesque. It's pretty freaking aggravating. Like, people, are we going to really choose that to be the reason why you choose to be angry, upset, offended, if you will? Are you really mad about that or you're just looking for a reason to be upset? It's aggravating as hell. I truly hate it. I hate it for a variety of reasons. First reason, I hate it because Troy Aikman is not going to lose his job and shouldn't lose his job because of a comment like that. Tom Brenneman lost his job for using a homophobic slur on the air. That was a justifiable reason for him to lose his job. Troy Aikman saying what he said last night? No. Not at all. Not even close. So, miss me with the fake-ass outrage. Miss me with, with the fake anger of like, oh my gosh, how dare you? That's so offensive to women. No, it's not. No, it's not. You want a reason to be upset? You want a reason to be outraged? You want a reason to be offended? There's plenty of other reasons. That wasn't one of them at all. I'm not gonna waste any more time on, on this particular matter because I got a lot more to say and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna chill. I'm gonna take it easy. But either way, it's been a tremendous podcast episode so far. And I'm gonna end it on this high positive note. If you ain't following me on social media, you should. You follow me on Twitter at Shukri Writes at S H U K R I on the gram on Instagram at S Rights Radio underscore S W R I G H T S R A D I O underscore. You can follow me on TikTok as well at Shukri Writes. I'm gonna spell it again S H U K R I W R I G H T S. This has been this splendid episode of the Shukri Rights Podcast Solo Edition with yours truly, Shukri Rights. Check out my new other podcast on Believe on the Believe Network, B-L-E-A-V Network. It's called Boston Betting. Believe in Boston Betting is what it's called. Check it out. The first episode came out already. There will be another episode dropping later in the week. I look forward to talking to you again some more again later this week. Peace out. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. Thank you.